Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Sarah Has Things to Say podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McCallion, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, today's episode is going to be very much about boundaries and manipulation. And I hope that from start to finish, it'll all come full circle for you. But I just wanted to start off with a quote that I had heard, you know, a little while ago, but I wanted to bring it back to sort of start the theme of this podcast. And it's boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. And I heard this on Prentice Hempel's Instagram. And I was like, that really put boundaries into perspective for me, because people always think that when you're trying to set a boundary with them, that it's like to end the relationship or to like live limits relationship or intimacy but when you're placing boundaries in a relationship it's actually preserving the relationship and you can actually grow deeper in love with somebody or form a more healthy relationship or a bond with somebody because the person gets what your non-negotiables are they get what you're willing to tolerate and not tolerate and you're just not giving yourself away without any kind of like path of what we're doing and how things are going so why is this super important to me and why is this something I know I, I've said this before but I come into my podcast knowing I have biases I know I'm a female I know that I predominantly talk about matters that are personal to me because it's stuff that I've been through but also stuff I know is super relatable so I obviously know there's other perspectives to these kinds of topics and so I always want to hear your feedback if you have any questions or you you know have any comments or any devil's advocate type of situations please always contact me I love hearing from you guys in my dms so essentially if you were an adult who was predominantly a people pleaser like myself you know there's probably a very likely reason why you were like this so predominantly stems from childhood trauma attachment trauma attachment wounds parental bonds things like that the type of people you had around you growing up in a future episode I will definitely talk more about what my upbringing was like but in this one in particular I'm just going to keep it more general that like you as you probably know from some of the things I've talked about in episode one too like I definitely come into this podcast knowing I have a history of mental health challenges and so that's why you know this podcast is super special to me but also the fact that I don't want to go into that too much in depth today because it is personal and it is sensitive to me but I will in future because I know how relatable it is and I know that other people are currently going through the same situation especially if you're a bit younger in your early 20s you know a teenager things like that but the big thing is that these issues don't end when you become an adult everything that you know happened in childhood early teen years everything that happened in our childhood early teen years it all has a big impact on how we function in our adult lives the relationships that we have etc etc so for me I know where my people pleasing came from I did a lot of therapy on it I've like learned a lot about myself from it but the big part about being a people pleaser is it comes with a lot of guilt it comes from a lot of like being an empathic person developing sympathy for people but it also is the main theme and the main guiding factor is that you're doing things and you're manipulating a situation so in the end people pleasers have poor boundaries they struggle with self-worth they often lack confidence and so when you have these combining factors like some mental health struggles issues with empathy issues with how you display your empathy you know you experience guilt you are trying to also be liked in this world and do well in maybe your career or in different relationships all of these combining factors all contradict and compete with each other and so it makes it really hard to stop a it it makes it hard to stop but it also causes you to manipulate situations so that in the end people do like you and so if you struggle with maybe not being liked or feeling insecure about yourself you want to go into life being liked you want your friends to like you you want people in your job to like you you want your coworkers, your manager etc 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 to like you but the problem with that is that you're protecting yourself from any form of rejection you're preventing any type of learning 
in regards to rejection, in regards to people not liking you. Everybody wants love. Every human being wants to feel loved. They want to feel connected to people. But it took me a long time to realize that a lot of the people in our lives, they're not there in our lives for the right reasons and they don't actually love you. And so what you really want in life is you want the people in your circle and the people around you to love you for the right reasons and because they're actually caring about you for the person that you actually are and not the person that you're likely pretending to be so that you can be liked. So for me, I knew for a fact that there was times in my life where, you know, maybe I wasn't fitting in or things were not really going my way. I didn't really know myself and things were a little bit more chaotic or I was struggling with different issues, but I definitely went into situations being like, I can't cope with people not liking me. I don't want people to dislike me. So I would just, you know, I was very nice. I was very kind. I agreed with what people would say a lot. I would put myself in positions where I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't create conflict. So learning how to communicate effectively, assertively, and then also learning how to be okay with who you are, it takes time and it took me many, many years. So if you are a people pleaser, you'll know that you definitely struggle with setting boundaries with people. You definitely struggle with saying no. And your guilt drives so many of your decision makings. Like, Oh, is Sarah going to get mad at me if I say no to them? Oh, is Sarah going to dislike me if I tell them I can't go to the party or whatever the case may be. So when I found out that people pleasing was a way to manipulate situations to avoid anyone not liking you, it was a big slap in the face. It made me really reconsider my whole life, my whole identity. And I was kind of like, am I manipulating people? Like, am I the manipulative one in some of these situations? And while I wasn't doing it like with the malice intent, it was like, I was just preventing myself from ever being rejected with guys, with girls, with friendships, with family. Like I didn't want that to experience rejection. And the only way to get better at being rejected and to learn rejection is by being rejected and coping with it. Because every time you go through something challenging or you feel hurt or you feel pain and you let your body actually feel it through, you get better at dealing with it and you understand that these things are a part of life and we can't avoid them or block them to make them disappear, make them go away. So when you enter relationships and you struggle with boundary setting, it's a big part of it is you don't actually know what your boundaries are. You don't even know what you will and will not tolerate. You don't even know what your non-negotiables are. And that's why being alone and learning about yourself so that you don't get into relationships where they're heavily based on manipulation and like abusive type of tactics. It's like you really have to do a lot of work and you have to be really, really solid with yourself because even when you develop skills to combat people pleasing, you learn how to say no to people, you learn to stand up for yourself in private and public settings, you're still at risk of being manipulated. You always are. Because the people pleaser is trying to control the outcome of a situation and avoid discomfort, it makes it unfair to other people to really get to know them. It makes it unfair. You're kind of denying a, a person ability to see a full picture of you and they're only getting a, a like a portion of you and so it doesn't allow people to really make a decision about whether they want you in their life or not like it's kind of like selective like you're selectively allowing parts of yourself that you know are likable so for example a lot of people who people please are often pretty funny fun and they're they're nice to be around and so those kind of people you know you end up having around in your life and you don't really realize that there's a whole other side of them that, that they either haven't shown you or you just haven't had the opportunity to learn about what I learned and how it impacted me was that in many aspects what what ends up happening in relationships especially romantic ones is you you tend to give a lot of yourself away out of an avoidance of being disliked and you're also like there's a whole other part of it but like you're you know you're worried about being left you're worried about abandonment things like that but you're giving a lot of yourself away to avoid discomfort and in the end you still feel guilt you still feel levels of unworthiness you still feel resentment like there's all these negative emotions that still come from it and it's like it builds and builds and builds and so these relationships really struggle because both people are not like silent like presenting as their full self they're not showing up as their full selves, their whole authentic self. And while, you know, you can't really blame people because as we get older, we learn how to show up better in our lives. It's really 
really something that I think a lot of people don't do, right? And it, it makes a big impact on if we're, our relationships are successful or not. Some people can grow in relationships together and learn how to be more vulnerable, learn how to be more authentic, but it's very tricky, especially if both people are fighting the same kind of dynamics. So where this kind of hit a point for me, and you know, I have talked about this in like different areas and different podcast episodes, but when I learned that my reality was based on avoiding people disliking me in order to feel like I was liked and accepted, but in turn going home every single day and absolutely hating myself, I realized that this is the reality that I can no longer live with because I was suffering and struggling so much inside of my body that I was like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't like care so much about what other people think about me. I can't care about if a random stranger in the street or a person that I work with likes me or not, because it's like, it doesn't honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter because you can do and say and a lot of different things, good and bad. And some people will like you and some people won't, but just trying to present as being good all the time, it's absolutely exhausting. And you go home realizing that you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest with other people. And you do build a bunch of self-hate from doing this. In episode two and three, I spoke about struggling in different areas of my life with self-hate and how it came out and how it you know, came out in some kind of self-harm behaviors or like anything with substances or in relationship. You know, I'll talk a little bit more about that on other podcasts about how we often try to find ways to numb ourselves but I definitely had those things and I was definitely struggling with them and when I realized that so much of it was just about like this identity that I wanted to maintain it was like I had to really shift the way I thought about things and the way I thought about myself so having attachment trauma having other mental health challenges being a people pleaser who's empathetic and also experiences guilt and shame it was a recipe for not only manipulating people in certain ways but also being very heavily manipulated so when you want to be liked by people you're, you might do whatever they say and that puts you at serious risk of a lot of lot of lot of problems and I'll get into that in another episode but primarily today I want to talk about like boundaries and how we go about setting boundaries and as well as just like how and what it looks like when either you're being manipulated or you're manipulating somebody and what ends up happening in those kinds of situations it's super important to me now and having these topics and conversations with other people because I want to help people strengthen their self-love I want to help people strengthen their self-worth and their identities and so when you have a good sense of self it's very hard for people to manipulate and take advantage of you what I had to learn that with learning how to like myself, it wasn't just about I need to learn how to like myself. It was about learning like, how do I learn to love myself and be so solid with myself that anyone that comes in or out of my life is not gonna shift my baseline like experiences towards myself. Like obviously I wanna be a good person and I wanna be good to people and I wanna treat people well, but I need to be so solid with myself that if people come to me and are not treating me well, I know how to say goodbye and not keep people in my life for the wrong reasons. And so sometimes, you know, I found myself in situations where like the desire to be liked forced me to beg for love or beg for people to stay in my life when in the end, I'm absolutely hating myself. I realize I have no self-respect. You know, we should never try to force or beg people to stay in our lives, but we do, especially when we're feeling like attached to somebody in an unhealthy way or feeling like our self-worth is based on how they feel about us and we do that in our jobs and like I we do that in our jobs we do this in our families we do this with siblings we do this with friends I guess it just ends up being the most predominant when we do it with our relationships but be like that being said I want people to know that it can happen in all of these different areas so at different times in my life where I was absolutely disgusted with myself absolutely disgusted with the fact that like I would beg for people to stay in my life or or hold on to people that were harming me and not treating me very well only so that like I could be accepted it, it was like it was very harmful I had to actually stop giving an absolute shit about who did and didn't like me and I needed to start figuring out how to care for myself and love myself in a way that I could be at happy with my I could be at peace with myself I could sleep at night knowing that I'm good with myself and that you know the life I'm leading I'm comfortable with and that was because I started to learn what my values are were what I would and wouldn't tolerate what I would and wouldn't get involved in in terms of like people and what I would choose to be around so for me this kind of all started you know like I was saying a lot of this 
journey started after I had kids, but especially in 2020, when I started my photography business, it was the first time I had ever really put myself out there on social media and had ever really like decided that I, in order to like make money through photography and in order to promote myself and market myself, I had to develop my Instagram and, um, you know, start posting. I remember like there was so many times where I would refuse to even post a picture because I was so terrified that like, oh, what if people like dislike it? And so doing my photography business and putting myself out there on social media, I had to stop giving a shit about what anyone thought about me and really going into it, knowing that like people can and will un- dislike me and they might not like my work and that's okay because the why I'm doing it is the most important part about it and I'm comfortable with the why some people go into things doing things in a horrible malice way but for me I knew that why I was doing it was well intended and I wanted to build a community and you know and I so I started posting reels I started like putting myself out there in a way that was more vulnerable letting people get to know me in a different way and I said that this is going to be my biggest challenge in order to show that like not only do I not care about what strangers think but like I also am not going to care about what the people in my life and the most inner circle think especially if now they decide that they don't like me so if I really come out as the most authentic version of myself the most vulnerable if people in my closest circle stop liking me or they leave my life because they no longer are in line with what I'm doing or not happy with what I'm doing then I had to accept that that was okay if my friendships change if my family has issues you know like all of these things I had to be 100% fine with knowing that if I was finally ready to start showing up as myself and allowing people to get to know me in this way that I would have to accept that I was going to lose people and that at that time was finally when I was like I'm ready and like I think when we talk about change and people changing like I think we have to be so disgusted with our ourselves or we have to really be at rock bottom we have to be in a place where we no longer can deal with ourselves we no longer can be with ourselves we can no longer sit in a room with ourselves that that's when we realize like something needs to change here and I'm I'm ready to do it it's like change is really hard and it's really hard for people to make dramatic changes in their lives but sometimes people just can't do it until they really hit like they really feel like okay I, I can't do this anymore I can't look at myself in the mirror anymore like this I can't keep doing this thing so for me that's kind of what happened and I decided to just put myself out there and throw myself out there and it really allowed me to build confidence and I over time I just stopped caring like I stopped caring if I posted something that didn't get likes if I posted something and people didn't like it over time I also started to get to know the people that were more like me like people starting to message me or hire me to work with them and you know things like that so it ended up all in all being like my photography ended up being a catalyst for me really being able to show up for myself not only on social media but in my own personal life and starting to stick up for myself stick up for others in ways that I wasn't able to before and that made me really proud it started to make me feel really connected to myself and made me feel like oh I have something to teach other people like I want to teach other people how to do this and so in starting the podcast it's been amazing to be able to talk about things that have been important to me and have happened to me but also like knowing that people relate to it and are like this is actually really cool so it all ended up it's all kind of come full circle and I hope that in this podcast it will for you too the other thing too is that um, when you learn when you start to learn how to set boundaries you start weaning out people who really don't want to respect your boundaries so I'll give you like one clear example when I started setting boundaries around things with my kids or like when I um you know learned that like in order to have relationships with people they have to be okay with a certain amount of things that had to do with my kids like like one perfect example is like when I started dating as a single mom you know there were certain people who you know like right off the bat were like oh can I take you out with your kids and I was like what the hell like maybe people have done this and that's cool but for but for me like I was like 
no one's going to meet my kids on the first date. No one's taking me and my kids out for ice cream. Like my kids are like the most protected that I would hope. Like I want to protect my kids at all costs. So like that was a boundary for me. Like when I would meet a guy and they would be like, oh, I want to take you and your kid out for ice cream. I'd be like, um, no, respectfully. And like, it's no disrespect to anyone who like is okay with that. Like if, if you're okay with that, that's on you. But for me, that was my boundary. Like my boundary was like no guy that I date is going to meet my kids until I'm ready for them to meet my kids. And I feel that it's safe. And I feel like this person is worthy of like being in mind in my kid's life. And like, if I didn't think like that, then I would just be having anyone around them and that's so harmful to them and as people know like in terms of development like kids remember everything and I didn't ever want my kids to be like seeing me in that situation where like oh yeah I'm just gonna take them out with this guy or take like no that's super inappropriate in my eyes so that was like one example where I was like okay that is a boundary for me like no one that I date now as a single mom is gonna get to meet my kids until I'm ready and it makes sense for me because even in situations where I let someone meet my my kids it didn't always go well so like I'm exposing myself to something with my kids that I could have possibly prevented and so that was on me so that was a boundary for me that's something I want to talk about more in other episodes but for you you have to figure out what your boundaries are you have to figure out like what you're not comfortable with because boundaries stem from discomfort like if someone does something to me and I'm not comfortable with it for example asking me to go on a date with my kids or asking to take me and my kids out I'm uncomfortable with that so that that's for me as I know okay this is a boundary I know that this is something I'm not going to be okay with so when I meet new people and things like that I'm hesitant to have them be introduced to my kids I want to wait until I know that like this is a safe person for us and so like even relating to my career and things like that as a nurse for many years you know I would do things that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with and as like a as like in hospital settings or like in work settings like you're doing things that like the organization might support but you and your own personal value belief system you don't support it and it's really hard and so often every day you're going home and you're uncomfortable I'll give you a perfect example of this in the hospital setting and when you work in mental health as a human being as a mother as a mom I would give medication to young people and that was our we were saying like that was our mandate like you know you are a lot of young kids are medicated a lot of them are being prescribed medication for their mental health and so it's something that for me I really struggle with because while I knew at certain times kids like in their like young ages like 7 to 12 because I worked in predominantly like ages 7 to 18 but there were certain times where like I was like oh my god this kid being on medication just it's just it's not right to me. Like their, their brain is still developing, you know, but we know there is a lot of psychology and a lot of psychiatry that just surrounded by the fact that like, yeah, this child is unwell. They need medication. And while that can be extremely helpful in like in the long term, for me, it made me uncomfortable. And I knew that in my head, I was like, again, this is like a boundary thing. It's not something I a hundred percent condone, but this is my job. This is my work. And this is what I have to do. I have to go to work some days and like give kids pretty strong like either antipsychotic or like anti-anxiety or like you know all these medications that like I know in the long term are they really helpful or not they have a lot of side effects they're super complicated so much more complicated than this podcast today but just another example of like you know okay that's a boundary for me like this is something that I'm not okay with and like I really have to work to like process my thoughts around it process my feelings around because every single day I'm going to be going to work and being uncomfortable with it that's just another example but in our workplaces we want to do what we want to be like so we're often saying yes to things that in other situations we would be saying no to and so learning what your no's are learning how to implement them how to say them because you will you'll wean out people that are taking advantage of you very quickly when you're able to say no to certain things and when you're not comfortable with something so all in all boundaries do they preserve us they protect us and a lot of people just don't know how to implement them but 
how we learn what our boundaries are are by learning about ourselves and learning what we're uncomfortable with. So super important to me and super important for me to be able to share with people that why this is important because when we don't abide by our boundaries, we don't enforce boundaries, we end up in pretty toxic relationship situations where we feel like we're being taken advantage of, like we build resentments and you know we're not communicating effectively, we're not communicating when we're not comfortable with something and when we're not comfortable with something and ultimately in safe relationships where you do want something and it is like real and it's serious, you want to know that your partner's safe and your partner's going to be okay if you're not comfortable with something and you say no to that and that's just the reality is like people trying to manipulate often find people who do struggle with boundaries that do have lots of empathy that will be compassionate and so it doesn't make you a bad person because you're like that but people with a lot of empathy need to learn how to set boundaries early on to prevent a lot of harm and a lot of pain I didn't learn that right away and does that have to do with a lot of my childhood upbringing 100% I didn't really learn how to communicate in the most effective ways I struggled with boundaries I was also very sensitive super empathetic which I've already talked about before so a lot of the time I could see situations where maybe somebody was trying to manipulate me and um, like it was hard to get out of. And I I mean, there is like recent examples in my life of where in which I had to really enforce some pretty strong (laughs) boundaries and and let people out of my life because of the ways in which they weren't respecting my boundaries. But it's been a long time coming. You know, I'm 32 years old and I feel like only in the last three to four years, I've really gotten super solid with myself, super solid with my boundaries, super solid with how I treat myself and how I treat others. And everything before that, I would say was a lot of trial and error. And I didn't have anybody coaching me. I didn't have anyone teaching me. I was doing therapy, trying to get better, but it wasn't really all coming together, especially not in the regard of my relationships. So what are some of the major problems with being more caring, wanting to be liked, and then wanting to have people accept you for who you are? So like I was saying is like people find people to manipulate, you know, and take advantage of when they realize that the person does have a hard time saying no, or when they feel like a person can, um, you know, conform to their lifestyle in a certain way that benefits them. While I know that not all people manipulate, and while I know that not all people you know have those intentions sometimes we do it inadvertently and working in mental health studying psychology having 12 years of mental health experience I've studied a lot about mental health disorders a lot about personality disorders and there's a lot of personality disorders that exist that a people are not diagnosed with b play serious roles in our relationship dynamics but I know like there's tons of overkill on narcissistic personality these days there's tons of overkill on like some of the other mental health disorders but what we know and why I'm super sensitive even about those topics and even talking about people with narcissism is that there's tons of personality disorders there's way more than just that that also tend to be in line with manipulative types of behaviors and the root of majority of these mental health disorders the root of predominantly the root of the more predominant mental health personality disorders is significant childhood trauma. So people are not like this because they were raised in like super healthy homes. They weren't being, they weren't being loved. They weren't being cared for. I've worked with a lot of kids with a lot of personality disorders and it's very sensitive to me because it's like these kids, I can empathize with them so deeply because I can see what they went through, their parents, their family lives. Like they weren't being raised in households where they were able to communicate. But the problem with that is that that those problems continue into our adult lives and unfortunately when you are a person that has not been able to learn how to get your needs met or you were trying to get your needs met and you were shown by your adult figures or the people in your lives that those things are not important your needs are not important what happens is you have to go in like very circulated ways to try to get your needs met 
and manipulation is like a big one so for example if you know you learned that like your need for safety let's say as a child was not met by your parents and things like that you find safety in ways that are can often and sometimes very harmfully be coercive be manipulative and harm other people at the at the chance the opportunity to gain control power or just to feel safe because safety is going to look different for everybody what makes me feel safe in a relationship is not going to be the same as what makes somebody else feel safe so why i'm sensitive about this topic is because people struggling with these personality disorders like have had very 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 significant trauma and while they don't mean necessarily all the time to do what they're doing in relationships it is very very harmful and there are a lot of toxic relationship dynamics that stem from people having these unfortunate personality disorders that stem from like all this significant childhood trauma so if you're not actively going to therapy you're not actively working out your attachment traumas your significant childhood traumas things like that you're operating in the world in this way where you're very harmful to yourself and others and so it's important to me to talk about because this is a reality that we're living in it's happening all the time another thing I'm going to talk about in a little bit is that like just this like just the theme and I'm sure that some of you guys know this is like and heard about it like how many people have come out of toxic relationships even just since COVID like COVID was like the breeding ground for toxic relationships because it was a situation where we're not we're not supposed to be in isolation we're not supposed to be away from our families we're not supposed to be away from our friends but in situations where we're more isolated that's a huge vulnerability to being manipulated because often people who are manipulating to try to get their needs met, they're hoping that you're not going back to your friends and family and telling them what you're doing. So big problem, like huge problem. We all know some of the reasons why COVID damaged families, damaged like relationships. But like, if you're like me, you probably have a lot of friends who are in super toxic relationships or their relationship ended during COVID, their marriage ended during COVID because all of a sudden we're all in isolation and realizing like, shit, like my relationship is fucking toxic and this is fucked up and I need to leave and I need to get out of it. But also just being in isolation makes you so much more vulnerable to being manipulated. And that's what I found. So where I'm kind of going with this now is I just want to move into like manipulation often comes from like a want and need to feel in control, a desire to gain a feeling of power over others in order to like either raise their self-worth, raise their confidence level or raise their perception of like self-esteem. It's all unhealthy. It's all super toxic. So when you get into relationships like this or like when you have people in your life that are like this, you'll know they kind of feel like a vampire sucking the life out of you, but you're not always aware of it right away. And so like who has access to us, the way we enforce boundaries, it's all paramount in keeping ourselves safe and healthy. Why? is this so important to me today like I said because self-love is so important to me caring about ourselves is so important to me respecting ourselves and respecting who we have in our lives is important to me and the more people I could help in raising their value raising their standards raising their self-worth I would love to do that like I just want to be a person who people come to where it's like how did you go from being this person who people please was very often maybe manipulating or being manipulated being toxic and all this kind of stuff to being somebody who actually is able to have like healthy relationships healthy family dynamics setting boundaries so that it protects me preserves the relationship things like that so one thing that you can do even just today is like start to think about in your relationships like what makes you feel uncomfortable what makes you feel comfortable with your families your friends your partners because that's going to be the the breeding ground for how you develop your boundaries and how you enforce your boundaries not everybody's going to like your boundaries and that's how you get to know like what relationships are going to stick and which ones aren't learning what your values are learning what can learning what you can and cannot tolerate in people and relationships like red flags for me are not going to be the same red flags as the next person but learning what your red flags are so that you know I can't get into a relationship like that with someone like that again unless if they've done significant work on themselves so like knowing that you know you can make the rules so that you do stop who has access to you not everybody gets access to you and that's the reality of trying to live a more healthy peaceful life being toxic is something that like unless you decide that you're gonna stop living this way it can go on your whole life you could be toxic in your childhood your teen life your adult life and then you're a toxic parent and you're raising kids to be toxic and this cycle just continues and continues and continues so the more I speak on it the more I feel like maybe I can help other people you know learn how to have more healthy relationships and even if that means relationships end or friendships end because you're trying to be more healthy pick that path pick the path 
path that's hard. Pick the challenging path where you do lose people. Being alone can sometimes be the only way where we hit rock bottom and self-destruct only to like regrow into a person that we're much more proud of. Setting aside time for you and not letting everybody invade your time. Um, having time that's just for you on your own where you're doing whatever it is that you want to do that can make you feel happier at peace. For me, that was like making sure that I had nights aside. Like I want to be alone. I don't need to be around anyone so that I'm comfortable with who I am. I can be we spend the most time with ourselves. We spend the most time talking to ourselves. So what we say to ourselves and how we are with ourselves is going to be paramount in how we care for ourselves. And I know I spent a lot of my life not being kind to myself. So big, big goals for me in like certain years in 2020, 21 was just like to be kind to myself, to like not hurt myself and to like live a life where I'm proud and I feel at peace and I'm okay with how I'm parenting. I'm okay with how I'm being in my friendships and things like that. So because a big part of my life, I felt like maybe I was being manipulated or maybe I was manipulating others or something like to get my needs met or for other people to have their needs met. I want to avoid that now at all costs. Like I want to know that I'm solid with myself, that I don't fall victim to like somebody taking advantage of me because it hurts. It's painful. And you involve people in your lives where like they can cause a lot of damage. And it's like not just on our emotional health. It can also be in our financial health, uh, you know, our kids health, things like that. So having people or having things in mind that like help protect us is incredibly important to me because at the, at the forefront, we have to be able to protect ourselves. So I'm going to end off this podcast on a very specific note, and it's going to be probably a little triggering. So I'm just being mindful full of that but I've been thinking a lot about this lately and I've been thinking a lot about other people going through similar things and so I really just wanted to go over the like phases of manipulation and how it kind of plays out because what I find in my friendships in my relationships within my own experiences is that when you exit a manipulative or toxic relationship you feel like you're living in two separate realities like you feel like you're living in the reality of like how the relationship was in the beginning when you actually felt cared for and loved and then you're living in this reality where at the end it was like you felt like you were discarded or you felt like you were not important or not valued or not cared for and there are very specific signs of situations where you can tell now like oh I do feel like that person is trying to manipulate me and there are specific things to look out for when you're in relationships and why this is important to me is because it's happened to me so I know that I've been victim to it when you're being like manipulated or gaslit like I was talking about in episode seven like you feel crazy like it's insane that there that other people you can give other people the power to make you feel insane and we do that we do that we allow other people the power over us and that's where we make the biggest mistake we need to make sure that whoever we're giving any kind of power to that first we have the most solid connection with ourselves and we're giving the most power to ourselves so that we feel safe and protected and that no one's going to take advantage of us no one's going to manipulate us in those situations because when it's happened to you before you know it does not feel good you feel like you're going crazy you feel like unsafe you feel like you've lost parts of yourselves you feel like some people say they feel like a shell of themselves like I know that I felt like that. And I know that even not just in romantic relationships, but in family relationships with friends, like you just feel like exhausted, burnt out, things like that. So how I'm going to end off this podcast today is just to go over some of the very overt signs that you may possibly be having relationships that are based on a manipulative nature, that you are having toxic relationships. I spoke about personality disorders in a very brief way, but I want to do another episode on some of the main ones and how they come out in different relationship dynamics. The crazy thing too, is that a lot of people with personality disorders either end up with somebody else that has the same one or another one that kind of um, feeds off each other. And that can be super harmful, super toxic. When I talk about it in a future episode, it's to bring light to and to normalize the fact that like, these are real issues. These are real diagnoses and they come from significant vulnerability, like significant trauma. And so it's not like you're a bad person because you do this. It's not about being bad or good. It's about knowing that like my childhood fucked me up in some kind of way that I need to actually in order to have healthy dynamics now I need to actually work on myself I need to learn how to communicate properly I need to learn how to be healthy with me first so that I don't bleed that onto everybody else in my life because we do and it sucks and it's like 
we see that in all kinds of dynamics. So I did an Instagram post on this recently and I'm bringing it here and I want, you know, to repeat it because it's like super important to me and I want people to hear about it. And today's the day for that. So welcome and thank you for listening. But how do we know that somebody could possibly be manipulating us? And here's how it's going to start. And not all toxic relationships start like this, but a lot of them do. And a lot of them have very similar um, themes to them. And this one in particular talks about just like the whole manipulation is starting as flattery and love bombing. We all hear the term all the time, love bombing. What does it mean? It means that the person who is trying to manipulate you is going to put on this facade. Like they embody all of these characteristics of somebody that you might want to be with. Kind, caring, being helpful, being affectionate. Love bombing is not just gifts and like big extravagant things. It's also with like a lot of attention, a lot of calls, visits. It includes gifts. It might be taking you to nice places. It might be future planning with you, planning to take you on nice trips, planning to take you here, planning to take you there. If your values don't align with having a healthy relationship, all of these things might seem very appealing to you. Who wouldn't want to feel like a guy or a girl is going to take them somewhere nice or do something nice for them or buy them this or that? Like, sure, those things are all wonderful, but they're materialistic and they're not based on like real love. It's not like just trying to flatter somebody to gain them or win them over. That's not how you build like a slow, healthy relationship that's embedded with respect and trust. So a lot of people remember when they leave a toxic relationship, they're like, oh, in the beginning, it was so nice. Like he would take me here. He would take me there. She would take me here. She would do this for me. She was, she seems so understanding. She seems so reasonable, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end, when the mask falls off, it's like, oh, who the hell is this person? I have no idea. So that's one way a lot of toxic relationships start. It starts with the love bombing. It starts with like the constant text, the over... Um, emphasis of attention, things like that. And while that it can be healthy in certain situations, like showing up without playing games, showing up with pure intentions, you're going to know the difference as time goes on. And unfortunately, when we're being manipulated, we don't always know right away. And the best way to kind of test and to make sure that this person isn't trying to manipulate us is to set boundaries, not answering the phone every single time they call, making sure that you're still following through with your own life. Like when you're at work, when you're with your kids, when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, like you need boundaries. Like you can't always talk on the phone. You can't always be texting. You know, you can't always let a relationship interfere with your life and your work and things like that. So when you set boundaries on like not being able to go on the date this day or not being, you're showing that like that person is not like the whole center of your life right now and you're not going to make them that because in order to keep yourself safe and healthy you cannot make somebody else the center of your universe it will only end in destruction and I promise you that so when you're finding you're being manipulated like it can often start with a love bombing you know a lot of calls a lot of texts blah 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 then what happens and why I mentioned COVID before is what happens is you start to notice yourself go into a more isolated place so once the manipulator has kind of won you over with like you know a lot of woeing a lot of flattering a lot of making you feel like you're so amazing and you're on top of the world blah 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 then what happens is they put you in a position where you're more isolated. So while I mentioned why I mentioned COVID was because of the fact that COVID put every single person in isolation. So if you were in a healthy relationship, fine, like good, like you had each other and it might've been okay. If you were in an unhealthy relationship during COVID, the greater the isolation, the more harmful that relationship became. Um, there were so many domestic calls during COVID. Like I, because I work in healthcare and because I work in mental health, I get a lot of stats and I hear about a lot of things. There were so many more like domestic situations during COVID because people were actually like stuck with each other and they were really realizing how toxic their bonds were. So how does this look in the beginning though? It's like, it's kind of triangulating situations to make you more alone. So if you're COVID aside, cause that's not a problem anymore. It's like making you feel like maybe your friends are not really there for you. Making you feel like maybe your family isn't really there for you. Making you feel like they, the person that's trying to manipulate you is the only person that wants to be there for you. The only person that really cares about you. The only person that loves you. So you start like canceling plans with your friends. You start hanging out with your partner more, which is super duper common in beginnings of relationships like you start seeing that person all the time and you kind of cut off people while that kind of fizzles out sometimes in more toxic harmful relationships 
you end up like cutting off friends, family, you end up being super alone. And when you're alone, a person's much more able to manipulate you because you have nobody to reference check on. You don't have your mom or dad or a family member to go back and talk to and be like, Hey, like, is this normal? Like, is what we're talking about normal? Like, is this signs of a healthy relationship? It's, you don't always have like points to reference. So when you're alone and you're just talking to yourself, if you are not solid with yourself, you don't have good boundaries. You don't love yourself. You don't respect yourself. You're going to believe what this person's saying to you. You're going to believe what they're telling you. So you're going to find yourself in a position where you're just like alone all the time, or you're just with them. And when you're not with them, you know, you're doing whatever, but like, it's, that's what happens is you start to become more isolated and that's where things get more harmful and things can become more risky, especially in relationships where there is toxicity and maybe someone does have bad intentions for you. The other thing they might do is start judging what you do or how you spend time. Like, so for example, if you like have hobbies or interests, you know, you play, you know, a sport on a weekday or you do have hobbies on the weekend, like they might start making you cancel those things that are good for you to spend time with them and making you think that if you don't cancel, it's because you don't love them. And like love is then based on like these push and pulls of manipulation. Like if you go to this party on Saturday, we're not going to work out. I was talking about this in episode seven. Like if you go on that solo trip, we're going to break up. Like you can have relationships with very strong loyalty and trust and people can travel on their own and it doesn't mean they're going to cheat. Yeah. Do people travel and cheat all the time? A hundred percent. That's the norm. That's the standard. That's what we always think about. And that's what we always see. But when you are solid and comfortable with yourself and you're building a healthy relationship, people should be able to do things sometimes that, you know, maybe other people might judge, but if you know you're safe with your partner, like letting them go out on a weekend, letting them go to a club, like you should know that when they're coming home at night, it's to you and that like, they're not going to cheat on you. Just be out. Some people do don't get me wrong, but in order to know who isn't, isn't going to do that kind of stuff, you really have to get to know yourself because you have to know what you're willing to tolerate and not. So once you're isolated, things can get really challenging, really harmful. But again, if you're in this kind of position right now, happy to help message me, reach out to me. I can be a support to you if you need it. Cause it sucks. It sucks when you're by yourself and you're trying to navigate, is this relationship healthy or not? Especially if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, you're more victim to all these things. So what happens next in a typical manipulation cycle is that once you're isolated, once the person knows that they kind of have you isolated, they will start devaluing and gaslighting you. They might lie. They might tell things. They might blah, blah, blah. But they're really just trying to break down your persona. If you are somebody who is solid with themselves and has strong self-confidence, what you're going to feel like every single day is you're fighting a war with yourself because of what this person is making you think. For me, in situations I've been in, it was making me think I was a bad mom, making me think that like maybe I wasn't pretty enough or maybe I wasn't like good enough in this relationship or things like that and starting to make me feel like, am I good enough? Like, am I okay? Like, does he still like me or does she still like whatever the case may be? So once the devaluing and gaslighting starts is when you start to feel like way, 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 way more crazy. So, you know, you're going to start asking like, especially if you're calling a partner out on lying and they're lying to you in the lie and you have evidence that makes you feel absolutely insane. Like if you go to your partner being like, Hey, like I, you know, saw you commented on this girl's post, blah, 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 because we all know Instagram causes so many fucking problems in relationships. And they say to you, no, I didn't do that. And you're like, bro, I have the screenshot right here. Like I, I screenshotted it. Like you did that. And like, even if the person wasn't, um, cheating on you with that person, why is your girl or why is your guy like commenting on another person's thirst traps. I'm not cool with that. I mean, maybe some people are, but I know that I'm not. So like for me, if I was calling on my partner for like hard eyeing and like firing another girl's thirst trap, I'm gonna be like, do you want that girl? Like, are you into her? And like, that's not about my own insecurity. That's about like my own respect for myself is that I don't want my man out, out embarrassing me. Like I don't, I don't want him. I don't want my friends or my family to see that my boyfriend has commented on other people's things in that way. It's, it's super toxic. So I'm not down for that. So for me, like I know for me, I'm being gaslit. If someone's like, no, I didn't comment on them. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm showing them. And then they're telling me like, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That girl means nothing to me. I don't even know that girl. She's just a hottie on the internet, blah, blah, blah. But 
that's like one example. That's not all my examples. I have way more where this came from. So I'll get to that. But for today, just like once you're starting to feel devalued and gaslit, your whole relationship shifts because then you're starting to question yourself. You're starting to question your self-worth. You're starting to question if does, does this person even value me? Do they respect me? Once the person believes that they have power and control over you and believes that you will not leave them regardless of how they will treat you or has shown you that they'll treat you like shit, they'll do shitty things to you and you will stay, they have gotten and they have won. Because if you're showing them that you'll tolerate some levels of like, disrespect, gaslighting, abuse, stuff like that in any kind of minor way, it only is going to get worse because they saw that you would stick around for the mo- the minor things. If you stay around for the minor Instagram disrespects, the minor, like the micro cheating, those little things, they know you're going to end up sticking around for the big cheating and you don't want to get there. You don't want to get there. You don't because it hurts. It's super harmful. So that's my take on the devaluing gaslighting thing. I will I'll definitely have more on it in future episodes. But basically, once you're there, you kind of have to make a decision with yourself. Like, am I going to be with somebody who gaslights me? Am I going to be with somebody who doesn't respect me in public and in private? No, you shouldn't because we deserve better than that. And I don't care what anyone says you do. So come come talk to me about it. We'll have a chat. The last And final point I'm going to make on this podcast, and um, we'll talk about this in another episode, is the fact that once somebody believes that they have power over you, and when you devalue yourself and you devalue your self-worth and someone believes that they can control you, that is when they can start coercing you, manipulating you, and using fear and violence to degrade you, to disrespect you, to abuse you. I'm not saying all toxic relationships end this way or even begin this way. Like not everybody is abusive. Not everybody gets abused in relationships, but in a lot of contexts where somebody does end up being abused, when they look back at the beginning parts, they can really break down all of these points. Like I saw when they loved me. I saw when they treated me really good. I saw you when they valued me. And now I've ended up in a situation where I'm being abused. Super sensitive topic, super sensitive issue for me to even speak about. But I'm going to talk about it on a very surface level and then in future episodes talk about it more. But when someone's able to enforce fear in you and uh, manipulate you through violence and make you feel like you're worthless or you have nothing, they have taken all power from you. And you leave those situations feeling like an absolute version of yourself that you've never even known. And so unfortunately, when you are smart and you start to realize that this partner is lying to you or this person is trying to manipulate you and you receive concrete evidence. So for example, my last thing, like calling somebody out on their gaslighting or calling somebody on their lies, not everybody's going to harm you when you do this, but there are some people that will, there are some people who are so toxic and so unhealthy with themselves that when you put them on blast and you show up and you say like, look, like this is what the evidence that I have. I saw that you were cheating. They might not just tell you to leave and they might, they most certainly and majority of the time will not admit to what they've done, but they, they could then end up harming you. They could end up getting so pissed that you've done the research to find out what they've done against you, that they end up hurting you. And I've seen that in very many situations where like someone ended up being violated, abused, assaulted, things like that, because the fight stemmed from something that that person did that they do not want to admit to super sensitive topic, super unfortunate. No one fucking deserves this shit. I don't care what anyone says. Even if you found yourself in a situation where you were being manipulated and you actually like fed into it in some way. You allowed this kind of manipulation to continue. You allowed yourself to stay in a toxic situation when you should have left. It does not mean you get deserved to be hurt physically, sexually, mentally, you know, all those kinds of things. It doesn't mean that you deserved it. So I'm going to end off there. I want, you know, if you know, you want to go over the, those signs and like 
beginning red flags that you know maybe somebody could be manipulating you listen to this podcast two or three times write them down um look up you know signs that someone's trying to manipulate you but how i'll end off is just the fact that if you even feel like remotely like you're in a situation like like this right now it'd be a good opportunity to take a step back and be like okay what do i need to do to help myself and get out of the situation obviously if you're unsafe like that's a whole other topic and how to get out of an unsafe situation is something i could talk about further or later if you guys want if anyone does want me to talk about you know ways to keep yourself safe if you are in an abusive dynamic we could we could talk about that for sure dm me let me know but in this situation in particular ways of preventing or trying to get out of situation is knowing that like okay i am being gaslit right now i am being manipulated i am being abused and i'm not going to tolerate it because breaking those toxic bonds is really really hard and you need support so finding people that can be your lifeline in those situations is going to be the only way you get out safely if you're trying to do it on your own it's so 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 hard so i hope you guys like listening to this podcast i hope it helped teach you something about boundaries about self-love about self-respect i hope it helped you made maybe make some kind of like judgment call on the fact that maybe your relationships are in a direction where they might or they should end if this relates to you or you know somebody that could relate to it please share it with them and uh we'll see you next time or we'll talk to you next time